0: Okay, we're back with another lesson in Yaakov, continuing along in Masechet Sanhedrin. So I think we had a little bit of a mix-up. We started talking about a few weeks, a week or two ago. We were talking about a series of topics related to the conquest of Israel by Joshua, and the the sin of Achan who took some of the spoils of Jericho when he wasn't supposed to. Um, and how that led to the Jews being defeated in the city of Ai. And the Gemara is now talking about some other um, apparent misjudgments committed by Joshua under his leadership. So, the verse says in the book of Yehoshua, came to pass when Yehoshua was in Jericho, he raised his eyes and looked. And he saw a man, the, the verse continues, he saw a man standing opposite him with a sword drawn in his hand. Yehoshua went to him and said, are you for us or for our enemies? And then the, 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 verse, the next verse says that this, this man actually tells Yehoshua that I'm an angel of Hashem. The verse says, he said, No, for I am commander of the host of Hashem, now I have come. And then it says, Yehoshua, Yehoshua fell on his, face, on his face to the earth and he prostrated himself, he bowed to, the, to this angel. So the Gemara said, hey, hi, How could Yahushua have done this, to bow and prostrate himself on the ground before this person or this angel? Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan said, leila balayla, You're not allowed to greet someone at night, at nighttime, with the word shalom because. It might be that the person you're talking to is actually a demon in disguise, appearing as a person. Um, the reason for this is because Shalom is also refer- is also a name that Hashem is used is is referred to by, and we don't want to um, enunciate the name of Hashem while speaking with a demon, and so. During the daytime, I guess this would be less of a concern. Maybe you'd be able to tell. Um, why it's not why it doesn't apply during the day, I'm not sure. Um, but, if you're not allowed to say Shalom to someone at night, because he might be a demon, then it would certainly be forbidden to bow to a stranger at night. Maybe that's a demon. So why do Yeshua do this? Sammara says, "Shiny Hassam, there's different. The He told him, "I am an angel." so he knew he was talking to an angel, and no issue. Samwara so asked the obvious question that you're probably all thinking, which is He said he's an angel, so therefore it's not a problem. What would you, how would you challenge that? Huh? What? How, do you prove it? How do you prove it? Maybe he's lying. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. That's simple. <laughs> Maybe he's lying. So, I, hello, I'm an angel. Oh, sure. Happens all the time. So he said he's an angel. So, did he show you ID, papers? Huh? Show me your heavenly passport. Maybe he's lying. Maybe he really was a demon. So the Gemara says, We have a tradition, demons do not, uh, do not utter the name of Hashem in vain. They don't play around. Demons are demons, but they don't play around when it comes to the name of God. They wouldn't say that I am an angel, of the Lord of hosts, if that wasn't true. So the fact that he identified himself by uttering the name of Hashem um, proves that indeed he's not a demon. So what happened? The angel said to Yeshua... This is not um, this is not recorded in the verses in the book of Joshua. The dialogue here is sort of the, the extracurricular material that doesn't make it into the book of Joshua. So the angel said to Joshua, be <laughs> This afternoon, you neglected to offer the daily sacrifice that's offered every day in the afternoon we have one in the morning one in the afternoon every single day 365 days a year and today that didn't happen the actual Torah. now after dark you have neglected study of torah apparently joshua was busy you know it's kind of fighting a war but the angel came and said it's not okay War more there's things that have to happen no matter what no matter what's going on um so So Joshua asked the angels, okay, I'm not going to argue the point. You're right. Which one of these sins have you come to judge me for? What are you, what are you coming to claim? Omar so leh, he tells him, this is what the verse in the verse he says, now I have come. In other words, I've come for the sin you're transgressing right now in the evening, which is that after the fighting has died down, you're not occupying yourself with Torah study when you have a moment now that's the problem that I'm coming to address with you. So immediately in response to this criticism, it says Yehoshua lodged that night in the valley. Doesn't um, mean he lodged in the valley. It means it's a it's a euphemism for the for the idea that he lodged himself, he immersed himself in the depths of halacha depths of learning he went to learn the angel said you're supposed to be learning now he says you're right and he went to he went to fix it he took the criticism very well which reminds me total side note but not so side note Um, the gemara at the end of tractate sotah I think it is says that um, after I forget which which rabbi it was after one of the rabbis passed said there's nobody left who knows how to deliver criticism properly and there's also nobody left who knows how to accept criticism properly so it's been an old problem that people don't know how to give or accept criticism that being said the beautiful teaching from the fifth Chabad Rebbe Shalom Dovber Rebbe Rashab, who wrote in a letter to one of his followers am oh, sorry told his son his son wrote this in a letter to one of his followers that um, anyone who's occupied in communal affairs, any form of leadership of a community, you have to have both a very thick skin for, not what you're thinking, a very thick skin for praise. Don't take praise seriously. Let it bounce off of you. And you have to be receptive to criticism. Usually it's the other way around. People say you have a thick skin for all your detractors. Anybody doesn't like what you're doing, they're jumping in a lake. And uh, you're happy to hear praise. Happy to hear good feedback. He told him the exact opposite. You need to have very thick skin. Really not take any praise seriously. Don't let it get to your head. It'll just make you lazy and complacent. It'll make you fat and whatever. Don't do that. But when it comes to criticism, be receptive. You should cherish criticism, he told you. He told him. cherish criticism because criticism will take you to the highest of heights. And um, you see over here in this story, Yehoshua did not become defensive, didn't try to justify himself and start telling stories, like, this is the truth. I need to adjust myself to the truth. I need to make a change. And he went and he studied all night. So There's a lesson there for everybody about when, when you're criticized, the first reaction is to get defensive. Point fingers, and, what about them? What about them? Blah, 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 blah. That's all ego. It's all ego. And meanwhile, what's happening is you're a great lawyer. You're advocating for yourself. You're blocking all the claims of the, of the prosecution. And the, bottom, the end result is you stay exactly where you were. Instead of, instead of using it as a challenge to grow and get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, it's not comfortable. It's not pleasant. You feel like a loser. Okay, you'll get over it. Bottom line is you'll grow. And uh, you can manipulate your ego to be a source of motivation. If you really care what people think about you to the point that it bothers you when you get criticism, well then, simple solution, change your behavior so you won't be criticized anymore. Whatever they're criticizing you about, stop doing it or start doing it, whatever the case may be. And uh, there you go. So the ego can, can be manipulated into, into motivation and inspiration. The bottom line is you have to, you know, look forward to the criticism. It doesn't mean the trolls, okay? The trolls are still trolls and they need to be told how many teeth you have in your mouth but someone who's not a troll is just giving you some some criticism is exactly what you need to hear you know in sports there's a meta, there's not a metaphor but you have you have players who, who are known as this person is very coachable and then there's sometimes the coaches will say this person's not coachable it's an insult it's not a good quality for a player to be not coachable he doesn't take criticism well. You tell him that uh, you're skating too slow. He's I'm skating too slow. Your eyes are too slow. My skates are messed up. The ice is too hard. Okay, dude, you're not serious. You're not looking to grow. You're not looking to improve. You just want everybody to say how great you are. Get out of here. We don't need players like that around here. So you should not, should not be an uncoachable person. And it starts with being able to take criticism and say, you know what, you're right. I'll try to do better next time um so what what lesson does this teach us uh, another lesson this teaches us Umar shmuel bar unyam Rav shmuel, the son of Unya, said in the name of rav god learning torah is greater than offering the daily sacrifices what did the angel come to criticize him for the angel could have come earlier and said hey what happened to the afternoon sacrifice where we're, we're what's going on the angel wasn't so bothered by that when he saw that he wasn't studying Torah, he says, oh, "No, no! This I can't overlook. Let's go. This has to, this has to be uh, addressed right now."